When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Eyes to the Left. Hello and welcome to Eyes to the Left, the Mirrors political podcast. My name is Jason Beatty and I'm joined today by my colleague Graham Hiscott, who's the business editor of the Daily Mirror, and Oliver Milne. And we are here to talk about shops, or rather the lack of them, and the decline in the high street. And Graham here is of great authority of this, and he has helped start a mirror campaign called High Street Fightback. And he's going to explain to us why we're running this campaign, what the issue is, and what we can do about it. And Oliver is also here because he's had first-hand experience to go to a different country, which he's going to talk about, about how they're helping to revive our high street. So welcome, both of you. And Graham, can you kick us off? How bad is it on the high street? And what is the big problem there? It's, 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 it's carnage on the high street at the moment in terms of the, um, the number of shops that are, that are, clo- are closing. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, experts who know who, who knows, uh, much further back say it, so they've never known anything like it. Particularly this year, there's been so many um, shops that have either gone to the wall, so either closed, such as um, uh, Toys R Us and Maplin. But more than that, it's a number of big high street chains who are, who are closing dozens in some cases hundreds of stores it's a it's it's many people talked about tipping point but we're now very much at that point with the high street and it's more than just the high street in terms of shops and that's why we've um, launched uh, this campaign is to focus on um, our town centers as well because shops are at the heart of certainly in the UK our our town centers Um, and uh, the the heart is being ripped out of our of our town centres, the, 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 of our communities across the country. So that's what we're trying to focus on, looking at both the challenges for the for the for the high street and wider town centres, but also ways that we can try and, in some ways, stop the rot and uh, try and turn things around. So the figures out this week saying something like fifty thousand jobs have gone alone this year. We we've seen kind of House of Fraser kind of cut yep. number of stores. Marks and Spencers are doing, as you've said, we've seen big names close completely and disappear off the high street. But it's also about the fabric of our society. So we're talking about pubs closing, we're talking about libraries going, you know, the civic realm, those bits which make a community yeah. are also going at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if it, if it were only shops, I wouldn't say that only, but then, then it would be a, a, an issue that would perhaps be easier to challenge, to tackle. But no, this is, this is um, I mean, fundamental to many people's um, day-to-day lives, really, certainly in terms of what they remember about where they grew up. I mean, these are, as you say, there are, the list is long, whether it be hundreds of bank branches, um, police stations, local police stations disappearing, being turned into whatever houses. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when those services need to be local, uh, libraries, um, the list goes on and on. And it's the very face of the, of not so much the cities also that we, that people are used to, um, uh, that, that you know, people might be um, used to. It's actually the sort of secondary cities and, and towns that I think are, are where the, their whole identity is changing and changing incredibly rapidly, before almost before people's eyes. So the big question is, 
Oliver, Graham, why is this happening? Why, why are we losing these shops? Well, why are we seeing this kind of decline of our town centres? Well, I can certainly talk about how, why it's happening. I think Oliver's got a um, really good example about, about how it doesn't have to be this way, as it were. But, um, but I mean, why is it happening? It's happening... Um, I mean, the internet's a huge factor in this in terms of not just shops either. Shops, yes, in terms of the explosion in people um, shopping online. And, hey, you know, it's been a great success. Um, um, but it's also um, banking, the banks want us to. Um, well, we like banking online, supposedly. Although I, I think that's up to debate for, for some people. But then, anyway, the, there's a big movement towards banking online, doing all your financial services on, online. Um, many other, you know, the other other parts of our um, life, whether it be post office, you know, we're encouraged to do things online again. And some, a lot of it's to do with saving money for these businesses. So you know, it's. Um, but you know, it's it's, it's also a, a trend towards towards that as well in terms of, uh, of us the customer so with something like the post office example you know yep. you used to go there to, to get used your to, kind of driving license you used yep. to go there to get to, your, to check your passport and, get your yeah, pension yeah, yeah. and yeah. all those things you can now do at a click of a button yeah. at one website for most yeah of them. so is that a good so so it's for some people it's been incredibly convenient people who are particularly people who are very um sa- uh, savvy comfortable with using the internet in some cases it probably is easier than going down to the post office but certainly since their post office may particularly one of the big crown post offices might well have closed so it's um um yeah it's part of a huge digital um revolution that's happening in this country um so that's that's the, the i mean that's one of the big drivers but it was obviously um cost cutting by by uh, um uh, cutting by by local authorities and 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 also feeds into this as well in terms of that drip drip of uh, effect but uh but yeah, so 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 um, it but it doesn't have to be this way, and that's the point of our of our campaign. And um, so we look both along with um, so a list of demands that we've got or suggestions. Um, we've also been looking at and celebrating places that that are trying to buck the trend, such as. Well, we went to um, well in one place we went to in this country we went to Stockton, which is um, on the face of it may look just like any other town, which is which is battling to survive, and indeed. It's about to lose its M&S and, and uh, new look stores, which are right next to each other, um, which is not going to do any good at all. But they are. But they've got um, initiatives locally, such as they've got a little, uh, an, um, a, something the council's got, which is an arcade of shops where you can go in there. Start, you haven't got any experience being a shopkeeper. You can start in a small way. Um, that's already. I met three businesses that were, that have started and have moved to shops now. Actually, sort of other physical shops, but they're. Um, but but these that's in a small way. But uh, Oliver went to um, uh, um, Belgium, um, where, which used a template from a from a um, British uh, retail expert. So I maybe he's yeah, I'm sure he's much bring, better. Bring Oliver. T- tell us about where, where in Belgium and, and what are they doing? So like? I went to uh, the city of Rousselaar in West Flanders. So it's about an hour and a half from Brussels, and it's not a big tourist town. And its predominant industries have probably always been agriculture and shopping. And in 2013, they started noticing a problem with their high streets, like hundreds of towns across the UK and across all of Europe. Big shops were leaving. People were doing their shopping online, and they weren't getting the same kind of footfall on the high street. This report, that's came out, the second edition has come out this week by Bill Grimsey, but the first edition came out in 2013. He's obviously a British expert on retail in town centres, and it was largely ignored here in the UK. But it was picked up by the mayor of Rosselaar, Chris de Klerk, who looked at the report and said, actually, there's something in this. And what they've embarked on is this amazing five-year plan to transform their town centre. And it starts with a really simple idea, which is that it's not about retail. It's about supporting retail. So 
what they've done, which is remarkable, is open up green spaces. They've taken public squares that used to be used for car parking and they've opened them up so that bars can have terraces. They've put planters through the town centre. They have areas for children to play. They've installed water fountains. They've built a whole new square. And the logic behind this is the more pleasant they make the town, the more attractive they make the town, the more the community feels like they have a stake in the town, the more likely they are to go. And businesses are reporting higher footfall. There's more people coming into town to do their shopping. But they're not going there predominantly to shop or only to shop. They're going to have a coffee with friends, have a drink, to get to play with their kids. They redid their library. They've designed a concert and sort of events and lecture series in their library, highlighting local town history or or just skills that people need, digital workshops for children. And what they've realised is when you start thinking about your high street not as a commercial space, but as a community space, you get people coming back because people then realise, oh, there's some value here. Okay, I might spend two more euro on buying a phone case than I would do if I bought it online, but there's so much more that I can buy into. And I think that's the real takeaway from, from, from their experience, which is it's simple things that might cost a bit of money, although some of them don't really. I mean, how much does it cost to line a street with planters or to rezone a square so that it's not 95% cars with businesses dotted around the edge and is instead used for... The World Cup's a great example. How many town squares could there be used to show World Cup games and are not? And that would be a great driver for local business and local foot traffic. And that's the type of thing that they're doing. I mean, one of the most impressive things that they're doing as well is they realise that there is a global economy out there and the more reliant on it you are, the harder your high street can be hit. And I think this is the takeaway, you know. Businesses, a lot of high streets in the UK are finding it difficult now because big national companies like House of Fraser, but large international companies like Toys R Us are going to the wall and they're disappearing and that leaves gaps in your high street that are hard to fill. But even when they were there, the money people were spending there, if there's a Primark in your town centre, the money doesn't go predominantly back to your town centre. It goes back to Primark, who I think are based in Ireland. So what they've done is take their town centre, become less reliant on those big multinational chains by encouraging local businesses to take up underused retail space. And landlords who weren't filling their retail spaces, they were fining. So they're finding local landlords who aren't using the spaces. They're offering subsidies to local businesses to come in and get started. And those local businesses aren't going to pick up and leave when the trading situation goes a little bit south because they live there, they work there, they raise their children there. But also you get the added advantage it gives towns a distinct identity. I mean, one of the problems we were talking about 10 years ago was the kind of homogenization of our high streets. So you've got the same shops on every single high street and actually very little variety, very little kind of those nice independent boutique shops that people like. So yeah. that, that's obviously one of the kind of... Yeah, it's, it's something that they've really worked hard on. So if you walk down, uh, it's called Ostlan, which is the big shopping centre in the centre of town. Most of the shops are big chains you'd recognise if you were Belgian or we would recognise. H&M, things like that. But in all the news places or in all the places they've taken over, the shops are a local beautician who used to have her work you used to do our work in our house outside of town who they've moved into a unit in the town center or a design shop that started with one unit in this newly built square and now takes up three and employs two more people and it's that realistic thing of building into the community and the really successful example of that and perhaps one of the best of 
a kind of holistic approach to thinking about your town, its identity, its future, and its retail is they had a church on a, on a square that was used for car parking, and they've turned the square into this beautiful green square. But the church was sat there, and it hadn't been used as a church since 2014. So it was just essentially a drain on public resources. There was nothing there. They weren't using it. But they had to pay for the upkeep and the maintenance. Now, it's a local food market where everybody who sells food in the market is a farmer for within 20 miles of Roselar. There's a bar at the back and there's a free childminding service. So people are coming, they're buying local products at a decent price because you're buying it straight from a farmer. You know the money's gonna stay in the community. They're going for a drink with their friends, they're, they're meeting new friends, and they're getting somewhere to look after their kids, which is again, you know, all of these things work together. You know, um, when Jeremy Corbyn talked about buses today at PMQs, part of the problem with buses is the problem with our high street. Part of the problem with childcare is the problem with our high street. If we can't sort these problems, then you can't have a vibrant civic space. Yeah. And they've sorted that in a way. Uh, yeah, I'm going to come on to some of the kind of wider aspects yeah. of this. But as you say, there's no one silver bullet for this. It's a multiple number of things yeah. which need to be done. But I'm going to pick you up because this is what, if you mention kind of shopping, yeah. the first word most people come up with is parking. Yeah. And when I remember we first talked about this campaign, you know, the news editor said, yeah, but what about parking? And I was kind of interested in what they've done in, in, in Belgium on, on this. So they've kind of looked at parking in the city centre and they've taken a stratified approach. So... They have speedy 30-minute parking booths right in the city centre, right on the shopping street. So if you're just popping in to get your glasses fixed or to buy a phone case or to pick something up from a shop, you can be in and out in 30 minutes and the parking's totally free. They've taken away a lot of the big parking to open up city squares, but what they have done is build underground car parking nearby that's affordable. And what they've realised is... There will be people who come into town and want to spend three or four hours, so there has to be that parking available to them. But midweek, what most people will be looking for is quick, free, 30-minute parking just to get in and out and do their job. And if you stay longer, there's a lot of parking opportunities there. There are two big underground car parks which have just recently been built. Now, obviously, that's an investment, but with the trade-off it creates in community space by not parking on the roads or parking in the squares, they're saying that they're seeing a, a payback on it already. The other issue which always comes up Graham and, and you've got some quite interesting views on this is the other thing they, they all talk about is rates mm. are business rates driving shops out of business and well not just shops but others yeah. small businesses and towns are, is, is that is that a big problem well listen I, I, it's a it'd be it's a huge issue for, for, for um, uh, uh, the, the big issue I think when it comes to business rates is it's a cost uh, it, it, all businesses have various different costs I mean wages or whatever else buying in energy etc it's one of their costs what i think is is seen as unfair is the comparison between um if you're a, if you're a bricks and mortar shop on the high street and then you, you're trying you're already as we talked about earlier battling with the amazons of this world or asos or whatever um then you've got um uh, in one case for instance here's a, an example in in waterstones bookshop um in uh, it's it was in bedfordshire and 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 as it happens amazon's got a a depot not, not not too far away there was some research done and it, and the difference between the two was about a thousand over a thousand percent difference between the the rate of the, the the business rates that they pay um so i mean that's that's hard isn't it if you're trying to compete with with a with an internet a giant which has already got lots on its side anyway so yes it's a big issue for shops per se but i think the wider issue for town centres is much bigger than, than, than shops. I mean, I think Oliver's um, example from Belgium is, is, is really interesting because I think, I think we're very, you know, humans are very sociable. We want to kind of 
come together, whether it be online, so social media, or or, or, or you know physically in, in restaurants or uh, ca- uh, cafes or whatever else. I mean, look at the number of coffee shops there are. I think there's a need for people to come together. It's just that we want to come together in different ways. And I think the example of maybe you know uh, the church being turned into a uh, food market that's a great idea I would say I would have probably gone to church more often to be able to bar in it well well, <laughs> well again these are the, but these are the, I mean, the churches anyway that's another issue but but they're um, but they, we have to, you know we have to adapt um, the town centres need to adapt I just think it's for, for too long they haven't too, for, too, for, for, for a long time I mean, the, the debate was how, how these as you were saying earlier on Jason about how the, uh, the big chains came in and uh, drove out the small you know the independents and they were often driven to either extinction in some places or to the very edge edge of the towns and hard to get to now those a lot of those chain stores are as we've heard you know upping sticks and, and, and going um, so we're seeing quite a, a and actually what people are demanding now is is variety and um, and that often comes through with often comes with with independence. So come back to your question. Yeah, business rates is important and in, important to those those uh, smaller um, shops, but um, there are much bigger challenges for town centres. But I mean, just to stick on taxation for a bit, it's not a level playing field, is it? I mean, we we, we we looked at statistics or something like you know. I think you know Amazon actually managed to get a tax rebate this year, incredibly on kind of over kind of you know one billion of sales. Yeah. Um, eBay paid something like thirteen million pounds in tax on over one billion of, of, of yeah. sales. So you know these big multinationals, because they're kind of basing yeah. themselves in Ireland or Switzerland, yeah. or whatever, are are escaping through legal, I should add, yes. but yeah. very clever taxation techniques. Yeah. While domesticated businesses, particularly the smaller ones, are, are, are getting stung because they're doing the right thing and paying their fair share of tax. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they've, they've already got a built-in advantage, um, uh, on, on the on, uh, online players such as Amazon, for instance, um, is because when it comes to business rates, they have far fewer properties. Well, you pay business rates on properties. Well, you know, it goes... It's, it's perfectly natural that in a sense that they should be paying less what's slightly what's been calling for some people is also that when there was a big change around in, in business rates uh, last year um, bizarrely I think for some people really is that the department stores or big shops or whatever or even small shops in town centres saw their business rates rocket while as you say for, for the likes of uh, Amazon for instance their business rates particularly on those on their big uh, big depots their big fulfilment centres hardly went up at all and that's one of these things which is the business rate system as it was worked when the most valuable retail property you could have was a high street shop exactly the more space you had the more you paid and it made sense and that's uh, yeah and that's why it's outdated and but but now the most valuable place that you can have it's an amazon organizing depot which is forty thousand square feet but it's but 55 miles from the nearest town centre. But the, but, the, but the system does not recognise that at the moment. That's the bizarre thing. It, it still, as Oliver was saying, it still thinks that the most valuable thing you can have is a department store in the, in the centre of a town. We'll tell that to uh, House of Fraser, tell that to uh, M&S or, or some of its bigger shops. Yeah. Uh, what, what else is there, you know, which kind of government and local government could do to try and improve our town centres? I mean, what about, you know, because a lot of people get fed up, you know, they, have, they see kind of boarded up or yeah. shuttered shops for, for kind of, you know, years on end in some places. I mean, I have got in my local community down in southeast London, you know, there's, there's one, I've been there for 18 years, and one shop has been permanently shuttered that whole time. Now, yeah. now, what can you do about that sort of issue? Well, it's it's a really, it's been really interesting put, uh, launching this campaign. I think that's been one of the really interesting things about, uh, is actually talking to local authorities and finding out, you know, uh, and so on that specific issue, um, one local authority was saying that the big issue they, they have is empty shops, 
landlord, they sort of know who they are, but tracking them down and actually getting to, to do up this building. And in some, if, if it's like you're saying, a small shop that, or a small shop that's been boarded up for a little while, but sometimes in these town centres, you've got large buildings, it might be actually be a former church in, in some cases, or or um, uh, other places we went to, it's a, it was a, it was a, a, a big uh, old cinema anyway. And these are sometimes, these are places which are, which are such a huge part of the town centre and, a, and are a, an eyesore, a blight on that town centre. And you'd think, well, come on, just, you know, Get them back into use, but actually tracking down these, who actually owns these company, uh, owns these uh, buildings, is proving very hard, and it's even harder to get them to pull the finger out and and uh, do something with it. In in Rosla, they do something that's really cheap and really easy that alleviates that problem in the short term, which is that there's. A, well, first of all, I mentioned that they find landlords. So if a landlord leaves their building empty for too long, there are fines. Mm. But if it's three months until a tenancy starts, they put local art an artist in the window. They had, when I was there, they had a poem from a child who's just sort of finishing primary school written on one of the windows of one of the schools. So it's a way of showcasing local talent and really giving the community a sense of ownership over over what they're doing. But one of the other problems, I think, for, for town centres, when, when they look at the how do we fill empty shop fronts is if you think in the way that they've always thought, and this was the warning from Rosslar, if you think about the way you've thought about retail for the past 20 years, you're going to get nine bookmakers and four charity shops and local government the lesson from Ross Lauer is and this is what Mayor Krista Clark said he would recommend to any person in local government in this country is you need to stop thinking about the short term gain of three Ladbrokes and a Coral and st- he didn't say three Ladbrokes and a Coral I've made that a bit more British <laughs> but he's changed it to thinking about long-term sustainable business so it's not even just about filling the shops it's what you fill them with because how many town centers in this country used to have 45 different shops and now have a house of fraser that's closing and 24 bookmakers you know and i think that's a but i think i think and also i think what, what you found over there was it's also just changing our mindset about what sh- what t- town centers are going to be you know i mean as i say uh, on online the online shopping is is been a huge success um and uh, it, yeah, you know, Amazon provided us with the facility. We then used it, and, and you know, whose who's numbers. It, so it's going to be about changing what our town centres look. So fast forward, crystal ball style, ten years, fifteen years. Um, are there going to be as many shops? Well, I haven't found anyone who says that there's going to be as many shops. A lot of people who say there's going to be far fewer shops. But it doesn't mean that the town centres don't have to have there's all the town centres. All the shops are going to go town centres. And um, what we do need, we need a lot more. Look, we've got a housing crisis. We've got a lot of empty shops, empty shops, or at least premises above shops in uh, town centres. Um, we want you know, there's a lot more demand for just leisure facilities in, in general. And uh, so the, the the look of our town centres, if if we grasp the nettle and actually do something radical about it now, and common sense in a lot of cases, then I think that, you know, fast forward that 10, 15 years, we could have quite vibrant um, town centres still. But if we, if we just don't do anything at all, then, it, then we're, they're going to turn into a whole load of ghost towns. Well, this is the issue which Lisa Nandy, who's appeared on a previous podcast, has said. I mean, uh-huh. she says the key to everything here is, is economic. And yeah, she says absolutely. economy and power. She says, you know, young people are leaving the towns because there isn't the work there. Yeah. And they don't have the transport links. Yeah. And, you know, it's a kind of you know, vicious circle yeah. of lack of jobs, these people moving away, which means lack of spending power, which means business 
businesses decline, when you get fewer businesses who want to invest in these areas, and if you don't have a broadband and you don't have the transport links, then these towns are going to continue to struggle. But it's about, and then she says, you've got to give them power so they can help, kind of, as you've seen in Belgium, kind of, you know, create their own kind of little ecosystem to yeah. support themselves. It's, it's, it's what type of community we want to live in, you know, as well. And so, yeah, Lisa isn't right in that, is it? In a sense. It's, a, it's, more, it's more than about, you know, it's the high street in terms of shops and, you know, their ex- existence is important, but um, it's much more, you know, it's about, yeah, it's about sort of what, 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 where we want to live, you know, and, and the, you know, and having, do we want to live in, in cities or, you know, or, 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 which are generally doing better than towns and, and I think get overlooked a lot. Um, so yeah, I think I think this has been quite. A, it's interesting that this started off by talking about shops in a sense, but I think rightly the debate should widen out to um, just what our town centres, what communities are going to look like in future. And this is where again, I mean, I, I've spent quite some time in Spain. They're doing very similar things. They've yeah. got underground car parks. So you've got less traffic, and it makes it a more kind of pleasant experience to walk down the kind of the shopping streets. But they're also going to, you know, this is kind of the kind of the idea of a community hub is. You know, a place for people to come and meet is much more important, as you've seen in, in Belgium. Well, that well, that's kind of it, isn't it? It's if people feel invested in a place, they will spend time and money there. And I think for too long, perhaps, it has been easier because we had about a thirty-year boom there, where it was really easy to just put shops in our high streets, mm-hmm. and people would come. But now we're finding out that people have maybe lost the connection, or they've moved away, or there isn't the bus routes to get them there. And that's now a problem. And so unless the community feels invested, like they do in Rossola, where they go out of their way by running summer competitions for children to design play areas in the town centre, right? That's a way of costing next to nothing. A couple of posters, a swing set or whatever, and it gets people into the town. And with, and like you say, it's like Lisa and Andy says, it's, it is about the big picture stuff. It is about infrastructure. It is about taxation. But it's also about how if you are a local government a local authority in this country now how can you use the money you do spend in a way that reinforces communities rather than just tries to fill spaces and i think there's a lot of really interesting stuff that's happening with about that in belgium but i think we're going to see a lot more of it in this country as well because we'll have to yeah and and overall i mean are you pessimistic or optimistic on this or what where do you think you know town centers are going to look like in 20 or 30 years time? yeah well i kind of having written about resale and, <laughs> and the sort of many, many a many a negative story and as i say this year has been uh it's been uh, 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 it, almost every week anyway there seems to be a business that's in trouble certainly definitely at the beginning of the year um, I was quite pessimistic, I have to say. I think it was. It felt like we were heading in only one direction, and at, but at, at speed now. Um, do you know what I've got? I'm, I'm more glass half full than I than I than I was. Um, but um, ho- that hope needs to be turned into action, and I think that's the problem. Is that it, it's a huge challenge, and but we but stuff needs stuff needs to happen and 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 and, and it's happening elsewhere as, as oliver found and and as you and you say that happens elsewhere in europe you know that, that they have much more vibrant it, there are much there are lots of good examples of vibrant smaller town centers i think um um so i'm um i'm i'm certainly hopeful look hey I, you know our campaign is about is about a fight back so i'm very much um, um hopeful that there that there will be a fight back uh, and with the will and with the both political will and sort of economic will and, and will of people to sort of, you know, to, to do their bit in terms of supporting their local communities. 
then I think it's um, I think we can um, turn things around. Yeah, did we did we make a mistake in the kind of like late seventies, early eighties of going for these big out of town shopping yeah, malls like definitely. Blue Water, Meadow Hall, Mary Hill, etc.? Was was that a kind of strategic error? Yeah, and and, and um, uh, well, look, I mean, again, it's it's uh, just like the internet, just like uh, Amazon, etc. Are so successful. They're they're only they're in, they're providing something that the pe- people wanted out of town shopping centres, didn't they? At that point, or at least they went to them in their droves and still do. Um, why? Well, you know, partly that was because um, uh, you know, things like mentioned parking charges and difficulties. You know, parking charges is a, is is a is a big issue. It's a difficult issue, um, however, because I think it's also. Uh, in many cases, it generates revenue for the local authority, which is, you know, that money then goes invested into things we all want, as it were. Um, in some cases, though, the local the the, the um, car parks aren't even controlled by the council, so it's not an easy um, one to, to tackle in that sense. But yeah, go back to the question. Yeah, I think the the, the part of the problem was we, we we had this explosion at a time when uh, when you know, there were so, so many shops being built, as Oliver mentioned. Um, that they then run out of room in town centres, so that's why they built in, in out of town centres, uh, out of town locations. Um, there's also, you know, it's also there was this, as I was saying earlier on about this the clone town Britain debate. You know that that um, um, we allowed too many probably um, chain stores to, to dominate town centres, and there wasn't the distinctness that distinctness that, that that made us want to go to our local or a nearby one. You know, it just felt like you would just had the same thing whenever wherever you went. Hmm. Oliver, do you shop online? I do. Yeah. And that's what I think... Uh, as we classed you earlier, pre-recording, we were talking about whether you're a millennial <laughs> or not, and we decided you are, so... And I think, I think that's the thing that's inescapable. And even in Russell Hour, they're having this huge success in redesigning their town centre. They'll admit... They tried to design a system to get young people in, an app, and it didn't really work. And I can't see myself st- sh- stop shop there. I'm going to start the sentence again. <laughs> I can't see myself not shopping online. And the reason for that is it's cheaper and it's convenient. And what we need to realise is there's certain things that just make sense to be bought online. Why spend two hours in town buying pants and socks when I know what size pants and socks I wear and I can buy them all online? But I will go into town to see a cinema, see a film with friends at the cinema or to go to a coffee shop or to go to a shop that sells a thing that is unique and I think that's where we'll make the difference it's when we realise that we can never go back we're never going to stop people shopping online so we have to change what we think town centres are for and I think with my generation it will be difficult because they will never match the convenience of clicking order on Amazon Prime and it being there tomorrow morning so what can they do that isn't that well, I think I think what's often said is, is that um, it's service. I mean, Amazon it does what it does in terms of you know, del- del- speedy deliveries, etc., and, and vast array of they have hundreds of millions of products on their on their just their UK site. So yeah, you're never going to be able to compete compete with that. But you know what? The uh, I mean, for instance, John Lewis, which is having a having a tougher time than it has for a long while. But it, it set out its sort of vision for the next 10 years uh, um, uh, very recently. And it is very much about, um, as Oliver said, actually saying uniqueness. So st- something that you couldn't get on Amazon, for instance, or anywhere else. And it's, um, so, that, so that means just having a lot more of its own products, you know, that you couldn't get anywhere else. And quality products. Also just service as well. You know, I mean, yeah, if you're going to buy socks and pants, you don't need advice. 
let's hope, to be able to buy those um, in a shop. Um, but there are lots of things you do need advice with and people d- that do appreciate advice with uh, for on on and and also just the browser i mean the, th- the thing about source when they do when they, you, you you walk over the, over the threshold and you're just kind of you, you come out with something you didn't necessarily go in for and that's not the same with the internet in the internet you tend to go for your socks and pants or whatever but and then you that's what you come away with the beauty of shops when they work well is that they entice you so it's an it's an interesting experience so i have a friend who works for for John Lewis and the Oxford Street branch mm. in London. He says it's now literally a shop front. Kind of, it's it's people Absolutely. go in there, yeah. see what they like, and then order it online. But are they ordering it from John Lewis? Yes, but from John Lewis. Yes, but it's, it's the exactly. you know they're not actually yeah. purchasing so much as yeah. I mean, do some purchasing there obviously, but as much as they used to. Now it's all like they browse. Yeah. See, you know, and that's an important thing as well. Of course, because the shops, okay. So, so for obviously, the click and collect option is really useful mm. for shops. You know, Amazon don't have that. At least they don't have stores in order to do that. Um, also, returns, which is a bit of a you know thing that people don't always think about. But it also, it's costly to send stuff back that you've got from that's, that's come from the over the internet with a shop. It's you know you can drop the stuff off at your local branch if need, if need be. So you know there are that there are definite advantages for having a shop as a shop window, as you say. It's um, that's what a lot of retailers are, are saying now. Actually, it's becoming much more about a shop win- window for their wares, even if it's online. Yeah. And slightly counterintuitively, perhaps one of the the, 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 the the shops which are doing well is bookshops. Yep. Which yep, you thought in the age of Amazon was very odd, but actually for some reason they are actually doing very well. Can you explain yeah. that to me? Well, I think there's been a... Um, I, th- I think partly... I, I, I think partly it's because of this browsing thing. It's, it's the thing that we're... You know, it, people need want recommendations when it comes to books. I mean, there are... You know, it's not a... It's, it's not really a commodity in that sense. You know, you're, 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 you, you buy a book often because it's been recommended or word of mouth or something like that and that's what bookshops can often do also if they're a pleasurable experience when they for instance have combined a coffee shop with it with a bookshop and it's a it's a nice experience like that um so uh, but coming back to the the the, the point about shops that that the one that you mentioned earlier on primark which is probably doing better than most on the high street it has no online sales, okay? The people don't realise this, but it has does not sell stuff. That's incredible. It's got I web, never it's got, knew that. It's got a website, okay? It's got a great website. Do you know what it does? It basically it uses it as like almost a social media platform. So people share st- stuff they've bought. They, they sort of show it off on their website, stuff like that. And I've talked to them. I talked to the uh, um, um, the management there all the time about this question. And it, and it comes for them. You see, it comes down to the fact that because their stuff is quite you know cheaper, cheaper in its own. It's a budget. You know, it's a, it's a um, type of uh, fashion chain. And um, and it would be very expensive to have an online operation. So they were able to keep you know be able to sell what they do on uh, on the high street where it is because they don't have the costly overhead of a of an online arm as well. So you know, so it does that. So optimism well you know there's 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 an example somewhere that's of a shop that's doing very well that was really interesting thank you so much graham and oliver um you can go to our website which is mirror.co.uk forward slash eyes that's a y e s or we're on itunes you can uh, find us obviously online and in print if you'd like to read the mirror um you can find me on twitter as at jbt mirror oliver's on twitter as at oliver milne that's with M-I-L-N-E. Thank M-I-L-N-E. And, and at Graham Hiscott. For at the, uh, Graham Hiscott. Uh, and, um, As I say, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. The eyes to the left. <laughs>